This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Artificial Intelligence Podcast with your host, Dr. Tony Huang. Today, I'm with Itamar Falcon. Um, Itamar, can you give us a brief intro about yourself? Sure. Uh, first of all, thank you for uh, having me. Uh, my name is Itamar, uh, born and raised in uh, Tel Aviv. Uh, I started my career in uh, A200, which is the intelligence unit uh, in Israel, the equivalent to the NSA. Uh, after that, I uh, was a product manager, a little bit in Google, mainly in Microsoft, before I founded and uh, co-founded uh, CoAI, and now I'm uh, the CEO of the company. Cool. Um, so I have a question. Um, so you, you have a pretty diverse background. So serving from the uh, 8200 military intelligence uh, to like big tech giants like Microsoft, Google. Um, how have these experiences like influenced your perceptive on AI and data analytics? It's a great question. I think uh, to be completely honest, I think my military service uh, was really the most um impactful situation that impacted my my ability or my thinking around the possibility of what you can really do if you crunch data in the right way uh and and what is possible um uh this is where i i, I broaden my horizons uh to to really to the next level uh, obviously working in tech giants such as google and microsoft give you a lot of perspective around the robustness of data, uh, specifically both those both companies have a lot of data to analyze. Uh, but I will actually say that my military experience, uh, although we can't really get into the details, is what really nudged me towards the understanding of what is actually possible if you analyze data uh, correctly with AI or without it, without without it. But uh, but obviously, AI is a is a is a huge uh, beneficial in that aspect. So I don't think I've ever had a uh, a person from a military intelligence unit on the show. Um, like, what did you do in that like uh, in that field? And then I guess like, how hard is it to to get into like a like a military intelligence um, unit? Like, I, I would imagine there's like some top secret clearance things that you gotta do, some like polygraph tests or some like background info that they they dig up on you. Like, what what's the process on that? And then like, what was your day to day? like a wife? So it, it's a good question. Obviously, there are things that that uh, I can't really talk about. But in, in general, first of all, they, we get drafted in the age of uh, 18. Um, and obviously, there is a limit to uh, the, the things that you can learn or do before you get to the army. So I would say that a lot of the test is around your potential, not necessarily about your knowledge, uh, because they're taking into account that the fact that there is a long 
um, uh, roadmap or long ramp up uh, that they will teach you and obviously get the get you up and running. Um, so it's 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 very diverse kind of uh, of testing, but it's mainly around uh, trying to understand your potential and your understanding of different aspects that is relevant to what you would do at the end. Uh, AT Honor is one of the largest units in the army. There are m many different um, um, jobs to be done there. Um, in my specific area, it, uh, it was a specific section where we analyzed data to investigate certain things. Sorry for being a little bit obscure. It's uh, it's it's tough for me to really uh, map it in in this broadcast uh, without you know thinking about what I can and cannot say. Yeah, no problem. Um, so I, I have another question here, which might give some of the viewers more perspective, but um, you, you were a faculty member at the Israel um, Institute of Technology. It's called Technion, right? Um, so like, how do you view um, the academic versus like industry approach to AI? Mm, that's a great question. I think in general, if you're, if you're thinking about the academic academia uh, it's mainly around research, less around practicality. Um, and I think, um, you know, AI is not something new in the academia. Uh, it's been around for some time now. Um, but I think if if you're seeing the difference between the academia and the, the industry is completely different. And I think in the past year or so, or two years, three years, we're seeing a huge shift between what is was always a possibility or, or in a theoretical level, an option versus the actual implication that you're seeing in the market today that brings this technology to a different level in terms of usage, in terms of acceptability from the general population. I think this is something that we constantly see between the difference between the academia and the industry that, that again, it's, it's always amazed me the differences between the two. Yeah. So, um, you, you created this, um, company called Coho AI. Um, can you explain to me the concept of product-led revenue? Like, mm -hmm. what is it? I mean, what makes it effective? I, I, I myself don't really know, like, what it really does. Sure, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so essentially, product-led revenue or product-led in general is the idea that you're, for a SaaS company, B2C or B2B, you're letting your product being the driver of the growth. It means that you're handing out the product to end users, um, that they're getting the value out of the product. And this is what generates the major growth of the company versus classic sales-led approach, which is was mainly around a salesperson selling the product before they're actually getting the value out of the product, um, which generates some complexity around how do you identify where each user is in their customer journey? You have to map if he's understanding the product, which type of value he's getting, and from that, derive the actual action that you want to take in order to move them to the next level. This is where the AI part comes into play because you have enormous amount of data that you constantly collect on your users or customers, but you have to analyze it correctly in order to understand how you can impact those customers and drive them further in their customer journey. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So um, let, let's talk about Coho AI. Like you co-founded with like how many co-founders? So we founded the company um, myself and two uh, two co-founders, Ariane Maislos and Michael Ehrlich, the CTO. And uh, what was the inspiration behind starting this platform? Was it just like you were working on another job and it was just a big pain in the ass to, to do something or like you were talking to clients and that sparked like inspiration? Like what, what was the uh, the genesis behind that? So the, actually the spark came from uh, my co-founder, Ariel. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's invested in, in, and sat on many boards uh, and still to date. And, and basically he observed that every successful SaaS company started to build an in-house tool that had a, a wacky name of uh, AI-generated Marvel character like Jarvis or any other um, uh, 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 wacky name such as that. And basically, they aggregated all their data into a data warehouse and started to crunch the data to try to understand how they can run the business and generate more revenue from their existing customers. And he saw it over and over again. Everybody's basically, all the companies stay, um, face the same problem and try to solve it in-house. Uh, and, and then we partnered with him. And obviously we, we said that this is, is a problem that we want to tackle and obviously solve this problem to the vast majority of the companies that we are engaging with. So in terms of like, uh, like go-to-market teams and like corporations, um, from your point of view, how can AI help boost like uh, these like GTM teams performances? So it's a great question. So basically, in, in when you're thinking about a go-to-market team, in, in general, they don't have uh, 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 knowledge or they do, they're not really data savvy. So it's hard for them to generate uh, raw insight or, or generate insight from the data. So what AI can bring to the table is basically bridging the gap between raw information, enormous amount of information to actionable insight that go-to-market teams can actually take and drive the next action to take on based on the insight that was generated by AI. So uh, in your opinion, like how do like B2C companies um, like leverage AI to break down silos, which exists in a lot of companies? Like how do they do that? And then how do they make data-driven decisions um, using AI? So it, another great question. So basically, in, in when, when you're facing a problem where you have multiple data points and you have basically for every single user, there is nuances. There are different segmentations that you have to take into account. It's There are too many variables to take into account to write you know, SQL queries or even try to understand the exact segmentation of every single one of them because there again there are millions of users in in a SaaS B2C um a common company if you're trying to analyze it by hand or with rule-based engine you got get lost right so the idea of generating AI algorithm that basically create those segmentations for you understand for every single user where they stand in their customer journey for instance in our case you can drive a much more personalized engagement with your customers that is is was never reached before. In your opinion, like how do you maximize like new user value with product-led growth? Okay, so the idea of product-led growth is the idea that you're you're 
trying to give value first, right? So you're trying to get the users use, to use the product and only then monetize. There are different, different nuances to that. You have trials, you have freemium models and so on. But the idea is that you're first of all trying to get a user, give him the concrete value and only then monetize. Um, and the idea is that if you manage to do that in a scalable way, you're basically generating a machine of growth for yourself, right? So you just need to um, uh, make sure that the right users coming into the platform, they're getting value out of the, the platform, and then they can actually automatically, hopefully, semi-automatically, because there is always someone in the middle, but um, convert to and grow with your product to different tiers. So, um, so pretend I'm like a B2C company and I want to scale rapidly. Um, mm -hmm. How can I take like product usage data and do something with it that could, could allow me to scale faster? That's a great question. So essentially, if you're, you have a customer that enters into the, the, the product, you have multiple users and each one of them expect different experience from the product, the experience from the value that he's actually um, expecting to get, but also in terms of how much he can pay, right? What is the right, the, the right pricing point for him? When is actually the right moment to monetize him? So basically he's expecting a personalized experience, but if you're not analyzing product usage data, for example, it's very hard for you to understand where he is in, in that journey, right? What value he actually extracted from the product that will lead you to the conclusion of where he is in that customer journey. Without this data points, you're basically, you're running blind. Yeah. And then um, like, how do you boost like qualified lead pipelines um, like that flow through your platform? Like how, like uh, I, I guess a lot of like sales reps, they're, they're very interested in uh, filling the top of the funnel. Um, like what's the best like uh, approach in your opinion? So that's that's an, a great question. So if you think about it, it's very connected to your B2C um, question, because if we can analyze what type of value a user extracted from a product, and usually in, in complex products, there are multiple value propositions, right? From a sales perspective, if you can generate insights around that, you can say to a salesperson, who is the right user or customers to interact with and what type of pitch even they can they should use in order to generate the sale if you're talking about the 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 wrong messaging the wrong value proposition to the wrong user you would lose or either sales cycle or uh in 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 most cases the actual deal so mapping between an actual value that a user got to a salesperson that can take that value and generate it a dedicated pitch is exactly what a qualified lead is all about, product qualified lead, because you're driving that information from the usage pattern of that user and account in general. Um, so like, I know that the uh, B2C SaaS landscape is like rapidly evolving. Um, mm -hmm. in your opinion, what's like the most significant trends that you've observed in like, say like the last two years? I think, um, and again, uh, from my perspective, I think features are becoming more and more um, ordinary or, or the differentiation between different companies is not based on the feature base, right? You're seeing the same kind of companies, the same kind of features. We're talking through Zoom right now. The differences between Zoom and Google Meet maybe five years ago, seven years ago was amazing. 
to date, it's almost the same, right? So features are becoming commodity. The difference between successful companies and I would say non-successful or less successful is how they can bridge the gap between the perception of value to the actual value, how they can bring the right value for myself in a different way than they're bringing, bringing the value to you because we're different people. So basically, I see a trend of personalization of the product, the the, cost, the the buying journey, every aspect of the relationship between a SaaS company and a customer should be personalized. And I think this trend is becoming much more predominant in the, the, in, in, in the last few years. And I think we'll see even, even uh, greater um, um, uh, adoption of that motion in the years to come. Um, so in terms of uh, customer acquisition and retention, um, in your opinion, what do you think um, like AI, like how does AI reshaped or has reshaped like the traditional B2C business model? So I think AI in general impacted two elements. Uh, one, I would say I will, I will separate it between backend and frontend for, for the sake of this conversation. Um, from the frontend perspective, I think you, you're seeing a lot of AI co-pilots that basically bridging the gap between uh, from a UX perspective, even right, like generating value faster. Um, so taking the, the 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 main value proposition of of a specific SaaS product and 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 bridging the gap and giving the actual value to a customer through you know generative AI and 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 so on. So that's what I will call the front end, right? The UX part that I would see AI is is, is impacting the business. From the back end side, if you don't leverage Again, AI is a tool in, in the end, right? If you're not leveraging all the tools that is necessary to analyze your existing data, um, to plan ahead, to create a robust business, um, you're going to lose, I think. It's it's that simple. From like an industry perspective, um, which sectors do you think are leveraging AI like most effectively for revenue growth? Do you have any like examples off the top of your head that are like stellar? I think by far, I would say that the casual game or gaming in general are taking um, AI to the next level. Um, uh, I think they're the 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 complexity that those companies and and there are a few of them reached. You you, you can just play you know Candy Crush and you can see the different um, uh, mechanisms that run through that that relationship that you have with the game to match the game to your experience. Uh, I would say that social media in general or content providers such as YouTube and, and Facebook and Instagram obviously have this huge impact as well. But from my, I think like gaming is, 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 is one of the most uh, interesting industry to look for or look at when you're analyzing the impact act of AI on, on an industry in general. In your opinion, how do you see the balance between privacy concerns and like data-driven decision-making uh, that's evolving in the B2C, uh, B2C space? That's a great question. Uh, I think in general, we have to separate between data that was collected based on the interactions or in the ecosystem of the product itself. So I think there is a huge difference between the data that a SaaS company is collecting on my behavior with that product versus using external information that they got gathered from multiple 
questionable sources you can even say and then using that data source so it's for me it's like if i'm playing the game right if i'm if i'm part of of the game i don't mind data being used or uh, or collected on me but if i'm out of the game if i'm not part of of that relationship i don't want anyone to you know collect my information and and, and analyze that so i personally um don't have any problem when a SaaS company is collecting information when I'm I'm interacting with that SaaS product. I actually expect that, but if I I'm not interacting with them, you, using my LinkedIn information or other information that you know are generated outside of the ecosystem that they're using, this is where I think that that there is a a, a line there that we shouldn't cross. Yeah. So, well, like uh, I guess, what are some challenges or like pitfalls that uh, BSE companies face when they're trying to implement AI-driven strategies? Hmm. Um, I think, first of all, you know, it, it, again, I, I look at AI as, 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 a, as a tool, essentially, right? You have to map what is the objective that you want to to come by, right, to, or to, to achieve. I think a lot of, 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 the, a lot of the cases uh, we tend to see, or some people see AI as a magical box that you throw a problem at and it generates also a solution. But at the end, I think it's it's very important to, first of all, identify the objective, what you're trying to do, what you're trying to solve, and then find the right answer to it. And I think it's it's actually connected to your question around the differences between academia and, 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 and the actual... Um, um, uh, industry, I see a lot of companies in general that are taking AI or or data sciences as as less as a practice to solve a concrete problem, but as a a, um, a research um, engine that is is basically trying to achieve something, but it's it's not really concrete to an actual ROI objective of a company. Uh, it's very important to understand that we are not in the academia. We need a concrete solution that is working and achieving the goal that we discovered, not a research that is perfectly fine and and well-tuned that is, you know, we can write a paper on, but uh, less uh, running a business on. So imagine I'm running like a B2C SaaS company. Um, how, how do I ensure that I stay ahead of the curve, especially when adopting new tech like AI or Gen AI? I think first of all, it's very important to um, to understand your boundaries. I think it's it's unreasonable to expect that from from a company that develops, um, let's say, a to do list app, they will also hire data scientists to analyze how users behaving with their product to generate growth. Right? It's it's not the same problem statement. So. If you're using AI, use it to what you're good at or you should solve, not to things that, you know, other companies are more quick or more capable and on solving it. So it's it's a matter of, of resource allocation. I think this is something that is very, very important because we're seeing AI as a buzzword today that everybody wants some AI, right? Something in their, their tech stack, they have to have that that motion. But in the end of the day, if, if, if you're not solving the right problem for your business, uh, you're just wait, wasting resources, in my opinion. Yeah, I think another buzzword is the product-led growth. Um, and like, actually, in recent years, like, how do you differentiate um, genuine product-led strats from like, you know, just the buzzwords? 
Uh, that's that's a great question. Um, personally, I love buzzwords. We actually we actually did like a whole segment around that in in the conference that we made. Like, what is your best your favorite buzzword? Um, product that growth one hundred percent is a buzzword. Um, I think in general, what I I believe is that there is it's not black and white. People are saying that you know product led is that you don't have any sales uh, sales reps in, in 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 your company it's all around the product and and I disagree with that I think it's a mo from my perspective product led growth is a motion where the product is leading the growth of the company it could mean many things but um to think that you have one way of doing things and it's it should be uh as scripted in in a blog post posted by you know uh, some expert, whatever it is, this is where it comes into like something a little bit blurrer. I think it's we need to bring the the buzzword down to actual actual task, actual objective that we want to generate or actual plans that we want to to take. Um, and then and then the buzzword becomes even meaningless. You're just using what you actually need in that concept. Gotcha. And then, um, like, I guess, what sectors do you think are like? prime for disruption with uh like product-led growth so obviously i think go to market uh i i i bet that my 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 time and money on it but i think in 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 general i think um we are seeing uh we saw a huge motion where we collected a lot of data we had we had a motion of like Big big data was a thing, right? You we collected everything, but in the end, we 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 understood that it's very hard, even if you have all the data points in the world, to actually drive an actionable insight to do something with to utilize this data. I think where AI comes into play is bringing that operating system to that 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 motion to actually drive significant um, um, goals or or objectives. And utilizing this enormous amount of data that we have to grow a business or to achieve a significant task, this is where I think it's 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 up and coming. Yeah. So, like, a imagine I'm like a B two C company and I sell products, um, and I get a bunch of like customer feedback. Like, how do you see the role of customer feedback evolving in like a in a product led strategy? Mm -hmm. I think. I think already today, uh, feedback is one of the most important uh, piece of evidence that you have to measure where where you at um, and what is the type of the relationship that you have. I think what is very important is to distinguish that a feedback is not necessarily someone is telling you something around the product. A feedback could be that someone didn't log in for seven days, right? This is another feedback that you're getting from a user. So there are many ways to get feedback that generate that utilizing this feedback to generate growth is super important, obviously. Can you shed some light on how AI can help in personalizing the user experience in the B2C domain? Absolutely. Um, so personalization comes in many forms. Um, it could impact the communication that you have with a customer. Uh, so let's say that you are sending an email trying to promote a specific feature. Uh, obviously, the 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 way that I will communicate that feature to a student is would be different than uh, the way that I'm 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 talking to a professional, right? 
uh, let's take a recording, let Zoom recording meetings, right? I would say to a student that he can leverage the recording in order to um, uh, to focus on the, the, the lecture instead of writing notes on the paper versus a, uh, the same feature to a professional in, in the law firm talking about, again, now they can not write notes and, 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 and can focus about the customer that, and, and ask questions, right? So there are different messaging that you can tailor to the same objective, but again, you want to personalize that experience from the messaging perspective. Um, personalization can happen also in the type of features that you're promoting, right? You have multiple viral propositions. Obviously, you don't want to overflood users with um, all the features, all the capabilities that you can. You want to find the right feature, the right value that is relevant to the right user. Um, so there's many, many reasons from uh, pricing as well, right? You want to personalize the pricing itself, the packages. There are many options to personalize the relationship that a SaaS company has with a user uh, in, in many forms, in many forms. So imagine I'm a, a B2C company and I have a lot of B2C data. Like how can I take AI and help segment and target like high value ops from that? So that's, that's a super interesting uh, point. So again, there are many ways I can tell you a little bit about how we're doing it. Essentially, what we're doing is we're trying to to learn, to learn from past interactions of, 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 of specific segmentations. So basically, if I'm, I'm categorizing a specific user in a specific segment, and then I'm saying, okay, from that specific segment, who are the user, who are the customers that pass the conversion that I'm trying to up, uh, optimal or, or I'm trying to, um, uh, to uh, maximize? And then I'm trying to understand how they behave. What is the differences? What is the distance between where a specific user is and that user that already passed that conversion? If I'm, I'm analyzing that correctly, I can actually say if he's ready for the next phase or actually he needs to do something in the middle before he's actually ready for that ne next step. Because again, I'm learning from past interaction and implying that learning on the existing user base that I'm seeing. So um, imagine I'm like trying to integrate AI into the B2C SaaS space. Um, how important are like collaborations and partnerships in that space uh, now, especially now that I'm, I'm integrating like AI into it? Does it diminish? Does it enhance things? Like, does it uh, replace things? Like what, uh, what's your take on that? Which type of relationship you're talking about? Just like a, like partnerships with other companies or collabs with other companies. Mm -hmm. So I think in, in general, I, I would say that I don't see any any reason why it should impact relationship. Obviously, in, in the current situation, you should evaluate the existing stack that you have to see if the existing stack match your strategy for the future. Right, so if you're uh, on 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 the verge of immerse yourself with an AI technology, you want to make sure that the entire tech stack that you have, or the relationship that you have with with vendors, is is in parallel or adjacent to your strategy uh, that you have. I think this is where you might see some kind of 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 different relationship that we'll see in the future. Cool. And then, uh, do you have any like? partnerships or collabs that uh, you, that you guys have done that are game changers on the platform? Uh, from our perspective, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Me? 
So obviously we're partnering with all the data sources providers. So obviously we're connecting when we're engaging with a customer, he already has some information stored in Snowflake or BigQuery or, or product analytic tools. So they have this information. We are basically partnering with those vendors to uh, streamline the connectivity between our platform to make sure a seamless integration from the point of view of our customers. So um, if I needed to get in touch with you, how would I do it? So I think the best ways uh, to send me an email, obviously uh, uh, LinkedIn is always a possibility as well. My email is itamar at co.ai, pretty straightforward. As an experienced data product analyst, what advice would you give to new analysts that are entering the field that want to use AI? Um, I would say that don't try to build it in-house. I think um, uh, technical people in, in general tend to uh, uh, see, a, see a problem and trying to fix it by themselves. Um, it's very complex. It takes a lot of time and you would waste resources on the wrong things. Uh, use partners, use relationships in order to accelerate your objectives, your goals, um, your jobs, uh, and not uh, solve an interesting problem, but it's not your problem in most cases. Thanks so much, Inamar, for being on the show. And to the viewers, stay curious. Thank you very much. Really appreciate that.